presentation of the Rio Grande Oil Company. Welcome to the police calling all cars, attention all cars. Calling all Los Angeles County Sheriff's cars, broadcast 50, regarding a murder on Riverside Drive. All cars be on the lookout for a Buick Coupe, page 642, 8S-6642, 8S-6642. Have escaped in this car. That's all. Rose and Chris. This radio patrol car 42? That's right. And you must be Officer Whalen. Right, the second time. Well, I'm Officer Harris. The inspector assigned me to ride uh, with you while your partner's on the sick list. Okay, hop in. Let's get going. Ever done any radio patrol work before? No, this is my first offense. And I've listened to a description of your work on the Calling All Cars radio program. Say, tell me, do these police cars really use Rio Grande cracked gasoline? Sure they do. So do police cars in other cities. Cracked gasoline does everything they say it does. Cities specify for all police cars, ambulances, and fire engines. Yeah, but do you think gasoline really makes much difference in the police car? Huh? Well, <laughs> I'll show you. Now, here, we're just calling along at five miles an hour, notice? Calling car 42, That's car that. 42, a burglary of 836 Huron Street, 836 Huron Street. Go get them, boys. Here we go. performance means. We'll use every bit of power we can get out of that real grandy cracked gasoline. Tonight, Chief James E. Davis of the Los Angeles Police Department has brought a guest with him whom he will introduce. Chief Davis. Good evening, friends. It is a great source of satisfaction to me to observe how more and more the law enforcement agencies of the nation work closer and closer together. Whenever a major crime occurs these days, all facilities of municipal, county, state, and federal police are merged into a cooperative and a crime army with the result that fewer and fewer crimes remain unsolved. Tonight's story did not come under my official jurisdiction. It was solved under the direction of my guest and good friend, Gene Biskeloos, Sheriff of Los Angeles County. And I have asked Gene to be my guest in the studio tonight and to say a few words to you. Ladies and gentlemen, Gene Biskeloos, Sheriff of Los Angeles County. Thanks, Jim. Good evening, friends of the Pacific Coast. The Los Angeles Police Department and the Sheriff's Office have worked many cases together. Perhaps not the desire to catch the criminal subordinated any personal desire to grab the glory, there would not have been such a high percentage of solved crimes to which both departments can point with pride. Tonight's dramatization of calling all cars is a case in point, where through the splendid cooperation of Chief of Police Elmer Adams of Burbank, 
and Captain William J. Bright of the Sheriff's Homicide Detail, the criminal was in custody within 24 hours after the crime was discovered. Peace officers today are working towards closer and closer cooperation, which eventually will make the criminal's careers so hazardous that crime will be minimized to a great extent. There will always be crime, particularly in metropolitan areas, and the peace officer or any department cannot expect to do the job alone, and it is our honest and unceasing effort to do our best and to give better service working together. Tonight's story begins with six shots at midnight. On with the show. Now. And come this way. He's just down the hall. 
Hmm. Her note's still there. Well, if she isn't awake, she ought to be. <laughs> That's right. She's no right to be sleeping in the middle of a nice Sunday afternoon like this. Mrs. Madison. Oh, Mrs. Madison. She might have left the gas heater on too high and been overcome. Have you passed the door? Yes. Did you better open the door then? Yes, yes, I think I have. Mrs. Madison? Ooh, Mrs. Madison. Not here. The bed's still down. Maybe she's fainted in the stove. I know. No, she's not in the bathroom. Look! Mr. Madison. Maybe he's drunk or sick. Blood! Oh! It's Mrs. Spencer phones the Burbank police, and they enlist the aid of Captain Bright of the Sheriff's Homicide Detail. As quickly as high-powered police cars can carry them, Chief Elmer Adams of Burbank, accompanied by Deputy Sheriffs, arrive at the scene of the crime. While the police photographer photographs the victim from every angle, Captain Bright and Chief Adams attempt to reconstruct the crime. Well, apparently he was shot in the back while he was lying in bed. Yes, the blood in the bed sheets would seem to indicate that. He fell off the bed in his death throes and was shot again through the right arm and the eye as he lay on the floor. Yes, and those bullet holes in the plaster there indicate the murderer missed his mark twice. Must have been blind with anger to miss it this way. Oh, hello, Killian. What did you find? Well, the victim's name is Eric Madison. He and his wife moved in here about a month ago. Where is his wife? Well, she hasn't been seen since early this morning. The manager's husband saw her go out about 8 o'clock. When was the victim last seen alive? Last night. Who saw him? Lewis, the custodian. Is he here? Yeah, he's right outside in the hall. I'll talk to him. Are you, Mr. Lewis? Yes, sir. When did you see Eric Madison alive? Oh, last night at a few minutes before 10, they passed through the lobby on the way to his apartment. Did he speak to you? Yes, he said, uh, good evening, Ed. Where was Mrs. Madison at that time? Just right there in the lobby, then a few foot of me. Didn't Mr. Madison speak to her? Nope. He just passed by like he hadn't seen her. Didn't that strike you as peculiar? Well, I noticed it all right, but in this business, uh, we mind our own business. Hmm. Wouldn't you think that the incident showed that the couple's relationship was, well, somewhat strained, to say the least? Maybe. Matter of fact, Mrs. Madison told me a week ago she had a lot of trouble. What kind of trouble? I don't know. Now, please don't hold anything back on us, Mr. Lewis. We're trying to solve a murder. Yeah, but it ain't none of my business. As a citizen, you're expected to help peace officers in a case like this. Now, did she tell you why she had that trouble? Well, yes, he... Said she suspected her husband of being interested in another woman. Did she say why she had such suspicion? Yep. Said she checked the mileage on their car and knew that her husband must be a visiting some woman in Los Angeles. Hmm. What kind of a car did they own? Uh, Billy Coop. You know the license number? Otter. Seen the car enough times. Let's see. Uh... Oh, yeah. It's AS462. AS462. Any idea where Mrs. Madison may be now? How should I know? Well, where might she go? She really did commit this crime. I don't know. But uh, she used to run a hotel down in Palm Springs, and, and she told me that she's gone deer hunting up to Jack Riley's ranch in Kern County lots of times. 
That's the big ranch up near the Fraser Mountain National Park? Yeah, that's the place, all right. Where else might she have gone? Well, there's your sister up in Montana. That's the same one as the dress we found the desk floor? No, I suppose so. What makes you think you should go there? Well, just last night when we was just sitting there in the lobby before Mr. Madison, he come in. Uh, she showed me a letter, and she said it was her sister in Montana, and that she was to have everything Mrs. Madison had. Seems to me that's a pretty significant statement. What did you say to that? Nothing. It's not none of my business. <laughs> Returning to headquarters, Captain Bright and Deputy Sheriff Killian sit down to discuss their findings and plan their strategy. Well, from what I can get out of that fellow Lewis, it looks as though there might be a jealousy motive. Right. Now, we might as well begin by eliminating the possible places to which he might escape. Got his description? Yes, and forth. Good. Now, trace the route you might possibly take between here and Dillon, Montana, and send the description to every town along the way. Also, get it out on the state teletype. Sign Sheriff Fitzgerald's name to it. Yes, sir. Now, Lewis said she used to run a hotel in Palm Springs, and that she also has gone deer hunting at Jack Riley's ranch in Antelope Valley. Well, if she'd be escaping to either of those places, she'd undoubtedly pick on Jack Riley's place. You've got a lot more chances hiding up there in the woods than you have down in the desert of Palm Springs. Right. So let's work on the Jack Riley lead first. Now, tomorrow morning, you'd better get Chief Adams from Burbank and Deputy Sheriff Rowe and drive up there. Yes, sir. Early the next morning, the three officers set out north on the ridge route. At a state highway checking station, they discovered that the wanted car with the identifying license number had passed through the station the day before and had turned off toward Frazier Mountain Park. Elated, the officers hurry as fast as the steep mountain grades will permit to the ranch of Jack Riley. They are met at the door of the cabin by Riley himself. Well, what do you want? Officers of the law. Are you Jack Riley? Yes, I'm Riley. We've come for Nellie. Nellie who? Nellie Madison. She's here, isn't she? I haven't seen Nellie Madison since last fall. Yeah? Those tire marks in the driveway uh, look fresh to me. Uh, mind taking a look in the garage, Chief? Okay. Ah, uh, you can't go snooping around my place without a search warrant. Now, get this straight, Mr. Riley. We're here investigating a murder. If you interfere, we'll gladly lock now, you up. Now, listen, I know my right. If you take a bit of advice, you'll shut up. Ah, the viewers here, all right. Fine. Now, Mr. Riley, do you know what it means to be harboring a fugitive? Why did you say she wasn't here? Well... She did come in yesterday, but I don't know where she is now. She said some trouble with her husband. You're lying, Riley. She's in your house now, and we're going in together. Well, you won't find her. She's been gone a good long time. One side, Riley. Come on, boys. I'll look through this bedroom. You boys take the other room. Why didn't you tell me it was murder? 
Where's the gun? What gun? There's one in my car. Oh, go get it, will you, Chief? Now, what do you know about the murder of your husband? I know nothing about it. What are you doing hiding up here? I'm not hiding. I came up to visit. I wouldn't come up here. It's a lovely place. You think the view from here is splendid? It's a desert community. Uh, just a minute, Mrs. Madison. You're off the subject. But I love the desert. The subject I like to talk about most. Here's the gun, Gillian. Oh. oh. A Spanish automatic. Is this the gun your husband was killed with? I don't believe I care to talk about you it. You don't, huh? Where's your purse? In the dresser drawer. Ah. How about this, Mrs. Madison? What? Here are two sales slips. You bought this Spanish gun the day before the murder. And you bought a Colt 3220 the day of the murder. Where's the Colt? I gave it to my husband. He wanted it for protection. Well, how about this sharpened bearing knife, Mrs. Madison? Oh, that I... Why, well, I, I... I might want it to know something sometime. Yeah, and this note, what about it? It reads, uh, in case of death, I wish all my personal belongings to go to my sister. This is Mary E. Henenberry of Dillon, Montana. Mr. Thatcher of Palm Springs has many things in storage which I wish sent to us. Signed, Nellie B. Madison. What does this mean, Miss Madison? Do you intend to kill yourself? I don't care to talk until I've seen an attorney. All right, get your things on. You're coming with us. Why? Must I make it any clearer? You're under arrest, Mrs. Madison, on suspicion of murder. <laughs> unimportant things during the long trip back to Burbank. Mrs. Madison refuses to discuss the death of her husband. When the officers and their prisoner arrive at the Burbank police station, Captain Bright is waiting there for them. Now, Mrs. Madison, we want to ask you some questions. We merely want the truth from you. Yes, Captain Bright. Your name, please. Nellie Brown Madison. Age? 39. How long have you been in California? Since 1920. Have you been married before? Yes. Mr. Madison is my fourth husband. Well, quite a record. Suppose you tell me about them. Who was the first one? When I was just a kid, I eloped from my home in Red Rock, Montana, with a man named Brothers. What was his first name? Oh, I'm not sure about his first name. I... It was Roy or Ralph or Robert. Something like that. We were going to Ogden, Utah. But my father caught up with us at Salt Lake City and took me home and had the marriage annulled. And the next one? In 1917, I married a man named Track. We were divorced in 1923. Then in May 1925, I married William J. Brown, an attorney in Los Angeles. We got a divorce in 1930. I married Mr. Madison about a year ago. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And now about this other gun, uh, Mrs. Madison, the Colt. I gave it that? to my husband. Please, can't I have an attorney? Yes, you may have an attorney. I shouldn't be giving out any information without an attorney. I feel I'm entitled to that protection. Certainly, if you don't care to make a statement, it's... Do think what I ask is fair? Certainly, the law. You understand I haven't asked you a thing about the murder of your husband. I've only been asking you about your past. I know, but if I could have an attorney... Do you know what you were accused of? no. You were accused of having murdered your husband. However, I won't ask you a single question about it. We can chop this statement off right here. 
I would like that, please. Very well. But we want you to understand, Mrs. Madison, that you've had a chance to tell your side of the story, but that you've refused to do so. I don't care what construction you place upon my request. I will not talk until I have consulted an attorney. On March 29, 1934, Nellie Madison is arraigned in Burbank Police Court on a charge of first-degree murder. She pleads not guilty, and the trial is set for June 6th. Mrs. Madison refuses to make a statement. Her attorneys promise a perfect defense. Shadow of a doubt that she could not be guilty of this crime 
for the victim is not her husband. Circumstantial evidence. 
Remember the command of the Almighty Father. Thou shalt not kill.